Time to Value, the Gartner Marketing and Product Management Podcast. Hello, and welcome to Time to Value, the Gartner Marketing and Product Management Podcast. Each month, we cover a topic of importance and interest to the marketing or product management professions, led by and involving our own experts in the field. Today's session, we're going to tackle a critical topic for both product managers and product marketers, competitive intelligence. I'm your host for today's episode, Cliff Gilly, Vice President Analyst with Gartner for Product Teams. And I'm joined by Chris Meering, who's also a Vice President Analyst in our Product Management Practice, and Raheem Kaba, Senior Director Analyst with our Tech Marketing Practice. So let's just dive right in. In the tech space, there's a lot of different functions responsible for competitive intelligence. Some information comes from marketing, some from sales, some from product, some from throughout the whole organization. We've done a lot of research on this here at Gartner. So can we talk a little bit about this and and what this looks like for organizations, Raheem? Yeah, thanks for the introduction, uh, Cliff, and, and thanks for inviting me to the podcast. Really excited to be here and explore a topic that I spent a lot of time doing as a former product marketer not too long ago. So yeah, competitive intelligence is one of the many key activities that B2B tech companies do, whether they're selling products or services or maybe a combination of the two. It's not a one and done event. As you can imagine, it requires the continuous monitoring of the competitive landscape and then leveraging those insights to inform decision-making across the business, whether those are product decisions or decisions related to sales and marketing. It's obviously an important activity in every single organization. So to get to your question, at Gartner, we survey our clients annually to really get a pulse on the key areas of responsibility for functions like product management and product marketing. And in our latest 2023 survey, we saw that competitive intelligence continues to be an activity that is shared between these two critical functions. Now, when I make a statement like that, it often gets a bit of a reaction from my clients uh, because how can an activity like competitive intelligence be shared by different functions? And sometimes this, this can cause a bit of friction inside of organizations to really figure out who owns what specifically across the end-to-end product and go-to-market lifecycle. So the advice that I give to my clients, whether they're product marketers, product managers, or even dedicated CI professionals, is to really understand the different focal points of each function relative to competitive intelligence activities inside of the organization. So for example, product managers might focus on understanding product strengths and weaknesses for the purpose of managing their product strategies and roadmaps, whereas product marketing might focus on you know, using that competitive intelligence to inform positioning, messaging, and sales enablement activities. I'm a big fan of responsibility matrices to help clarify roles and responsibilities. So if you're a Gartner client, you can certainly download the series of racy matrices and frameworks that we have to help you clarify and maybe really identify those areas of accountability and responsibility, but also to kind of map out the interdependencies and handshakes that need to occur between the different functions to really maximize the impact of competitive intelligence. Yeah, I think it's really interesting to me, at least when I talk with folks about competitive intelligence, that it's critical to understand the biases that different groups might bring, right? Um, Even though product management or product marketing may own or may share that, information is still coming from other sources. So for me, you know, one of the the things that I always tell people is to really, you know, pay attention to the biases that, that someone brings to the information that they're collecting. You know, sales is focused on selling, marketing is focused on lead gen and marketing, products focused on product and execution. And all of those kind of twist the way we, we can see information out in the market. 
Chris, what about you? Do you have any words of wisdom about how all of these teams can align on competitive intelligence related activities so that we can avoid duplication of effort? You know, we don't want product going out and getting the same stuff that marketing is getting and that sales is getting. We want to kind of specialize. What do you tell clients in that area? I think the worst situation, Cliff, is when uh, product goes out and gets one sort of intelligence and uh, marketing goes out and gets something that contradicts. And, and that's something we do see quite often. Um, I mean, I, I one of my favorite inquiries and anyone who's spoken to me about competitive intelligence um, here at Gartner has probably heard it from me before. But uh, I had a chief product officer came on and his big question about centralizing and, and consolidating competitive intelligence was based on the fact that he'd asked his product management and his product marketing team, who are our top 10 competitors? And they could only agree on seven of them. And even there, they couldn't agree on the order. Um, so if rather than actually having that common view and reacting to it and being able to make decisions, they spent most of their time debating who had the right version and who was correct. And I think you made a really good point about the biases there because sales will have a view, product management will have a view, product marketing will have a view. What's important is when we bring all those things together and we look for um, triangulation effectively. Now, if I hear something from one source, it's interesting. If I hear it from two sources, two independent sources, it's useful. If I hear it from three, it's something I'm going to take action on because it's something where I can say, well, I'm getting this from different areas. I'm curating that data together. Uh, I'm picking out those trends. I'm seeing those issues and I'm pulling that in. So I think that that's really key what you were saying there about the biases. I think the other thing is, you know, many organizations already have got a centralized function or a shared service. A lot of teams have something already in corporate strategy, perhaps, who are doing sort of market analysis and competitive analysis. And it's interesting because some of the inquiries we get from, from those sort of organizations are not primarily about what's best practice, what should we do, but they're actually concerned because they're being marginalized. And what they're finding is that, you know, Product management has gone off and done something else. Product marketing have gone off and done something else. Interestingly, we saw this, Raheem and I, when we first started looking at the tools market, the competitive market, intelligence tools market, because we found vendors claiming that they had the same customer with two or three different vendors. We're thinking, well, this can't be right. When you dig into it, you found that actually there was a, a system being used by corporate strategy. There was another system being used by, by uh, product marketing and product management had gone off and done their own thing as well. So, you know, one of those issues that those, those centralized teams have had is they've been marginalized because they've continued to do the same thing year on year. They've not reached out. They've not treated their own internal consumers like customers. You know, as product managers, as product marketers, we want to get customer feedback. Are we giving you the right stuff? Is this suitable? Is this actually giving value? And all those central teams were going, right, here's our report. And they would justify their, their uh, or value their, their output by saying, 3,000 people get this report. Well, that doesn't mean 3,000 people read that. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be considered. And, you know, a standard newsletter or an email once a week doesn't really necessarily hit the mark with a lot of these areas. So, you know, I think some of the, the tips, one of the things we always say to people is find out who are the other creators and consumers of competitive market intelligence in your organization. If product managers are looking for competitive intelligence, don't necessarily start afresh. Go out and see who else is doing it because someone else in your organization is almost guaranteed to be doing that. You know, someone in marketing is doing it, someone in sales is doing it, thinking win-loss analysis. Then look at the what you're doing there. Reduce duplication. Don't have two teams going out 
sourcing the same data or, or asking the same questions, it winds up customers and winds up the sales team as well. When you're all asking them, well, why, well, why didn't they buy this? Or what's the most important thing? What, who are our competitors in this space? So look towards reducing that, um, that duplication of effort and ironing out some of those conflicting views early on. And you know, collaborate to to address those gaps. You know, it might be that you've got one piece of information. Well, when we enrich that with something that comes from marketing or from sales, it's going to make it better. You're going to pull that together and, and reconcile that, and really look towards establishing that single version of the truth, not just for what your competitors are doing, but also consider yourself. Because one of the other things that I think is really important with competitive intelligence is, whilst you're analysing your competitors and you're trying to uh, identify you know, how to put fear, uncertainty, and doubt into the minds of your prospects, they're doing the same about you. So if you review your own organization through the same lens, then you start to get a view as to you know, what are they doing. You're getting competitive intelligence and some insight around what are they going to be saying about your product. So if I had to narrow it down into three areas, that shared repository, standardized assessment, and that uh, you know, understand who the other people are that are doing this. Considering yourself a competitor is, is rather, rather interesting for two reasons. One is all too often we just get competitive intelligence that identifies the competitors and the features that they get, they offer that we don't, and those must get done, right? And that's not really the soul of true competitive intelligence. But thinking about what is available about your own product out in the market, what are other people finding out about you? That's a critical component to piece into your overall strategy, right? If you're finding that you're not mentioned in top 10 lists or, you know, top fives or top providers, you know, all those kinds of listicles out there that exist, you know, based on God knows what criteria. But if you're not there, why not? Competitive intelligence isn't just about understanding who's out there and what they're doing. It's an input into product and marketing strategy that's often just kind of viewed as a veneer rather than a deep capability. What do you guys think about that as I just kind of riffed on that? Well, I think it's just cut, cut in. As people are looking to invest in their competitive intelligence um, teams and their competitive intelligence tools, some of those value adds, some of those thinking out of the box away from their traditional approaches is what we're seeing a lot of people do to try and, I'm not going to say justify their existence, but really to sort of add more to their value and so and so for example i've spoken to a number of organizations that now provide back to the marketing organization this is what's out there this is what our competitor we're seeing using the same tools that we do to look at your uh, our competitors so they've been able to get that single version of the truth from almost like an external looking out but raheem i know you've got some areas on that as well that you've seen yeah i think that's spot on chris uh, a lot of people jump into trying to figure out what those tools and technology are, but they sometimes don't even have the foundational elements of competitive intelligence locked into their organization. So I think make sure you've got that foundation solidified and then look at the avenues to collect, gather that, and then share that with the rest of the organization. So that's just a, a kind of a tangent on the, the tools piece that you were just talking about. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting to think about those those tangential use cases and ways to create unique value that other people may not really understand. You know, competitive intelligence isn't a, a sexy thing, but it is definitely a necessary thing as far as product management, product marketing goes. But Similar to other things that we do, you know, what metrics do we use? How do we define that overall value of CI, not just in the context of you know, looking at ourselves from the outside or feeding product strategy, which is an amorphous thing? Um, Raheem, what do you think about how are, people, how are we seeing people define uh, that value chain? 
Yeah, this one's a tricky one. Everyone wants to be able to demonstrate their value to their organization. They need to keep their job somehow and, and getting credit for the work that they're doing and, and tying that to business outcomes is important. And that's, that's really not no different for anyone that's responsible for competitive intelligence where frankly, measurement can really be an imperfect science. So to dig into this one a bit, we actually conducted a, a survey last year to understand how B2B tech companies are measuring the effectiveness of their competitive intelligence activities. The two measures that rose up to the top were win rate and sales confidence. But what was really interesting was that nearly a third of respondents said that they don't track or measure the effectiveness of CI at all, which is a bit concerning because if you don't know what's working and what's not working, you might end up actually allocating resources to activities that provide little value or little impact to the business. And, and you risk maybe potentially losing credibility with executives that ultimately fund the roles that you're in and also fund the technology that you might use to get work done in competitive intelligence. Having said that, it's definitely a tricky exercise, but is something that's possible to measure and attribute CI activities to, to business outcomes. So let's talk a little bit about how you can actually do that. So first of all, the first thing you want to do is understand the needs and wants of your key stakeholders. And these are typically your executives and leaders in sales, marketing, and product management, depending on how your organization is structured. You'll want to document their use cases for CI and, and really understand the outcomes that they're trying to get to. So for example, uh, a sales leader might have a very specific sales enablement use case in mind with a particular outcome. Let's say... Uh, improving sales productivity and improving sales confidence. Um, so make sure you take note of that first and foremost. Then what we recommend you do is determine how you in your function can influence those outcomes with key activities that are under your control. So in the sales enablement use case that we just talked about, that might mean a product marketer or a product manager developing sales content like a battle card or a sales play or maybe a series of competitive training sessions to get to those outcomes. These are things under their control and things that they, that they can actually deliver on. And then finally, what you want to do is select the appropriate metrics to quantify the influence and impact of those supporting activities that you're working on. So again, in this example where sales confidence is one of the desired outcomes, you might conduct a sales confidence survey to capture feedback from sales reps on how your competitive intelligence and enablement activities um, help them do their jobs with more confidence and with more ease. And then you can track those sales confidence scores over time. So maybe every quarter or maybe uh, every half year mark, for example, against the baselines that you've established. So to recap, you want to first identify your key stakeholders. You want to outline their key use cases and outcomes. You want to determine how in your role you can influence those outcomes. And then lastly, you want to select the appropriate metrics to measure impact. And, and the example I gave was for uh, a sales use case, but you want to repeat this exercise for your marketing use cases, for your product use cases, and your corporate uh, strategy use cases as well. Chris and I actually just recently published a research note on this topic, which includes uh, kind of a, a, an illustrative framework on how you put together this type of CI measurement strategy uh, in your organization. So if you have access, I highly recommend that you take a look.
I mean, it almost sounds like we're telling competitive, intelligent professionals to be product managers in a way, right? Understand the needs of your client, uh, customers. Um, you know, create your strategy to move move the needle for them. Create create customer value. Uh, Chris, as a product manager, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're, you're spot on there, Cliff. We're we're really looking at you know not just product managers but also product marketers. Really, we're about that. You know, understanding what's the problem we're trying to solve and coming up with a solution for it. But it's interesting when I look at some of the, the data that we've got from uh, some of the surveys we do. I mean, we have a, um, a, a self-assessment tool here, product management score, where we ask people, you know, are you doing these things 80% of the time? And in the competitive intelligence area, just looking at the data from about 80 organizational level assessments we did over the last 18 months, um, define a repeatable and collect uh, repeatable process for collecting intelligence via internal sources. 37% said yes. I mean, it's frightening, really. Um, repeatable process for analyzing strengths and weaknesses, 21%. Uh, I mean, okay, here we're asking product managers. We're not asking necessarily CI professionals or that broader team. But I think it also goes to show why product managers you know, should be really leaning on other people, telling them what they need. Um, I keep saying to product managers, look, just because you don't get it from the, the central team or you don't get it from marketing, doesn't mean they haven't got it. Have you asked them for it? Have you told them what you need? And a lot of the time they haven't. So, you know, we're back to that old problem of, you know, unless we define what we're looking for, how do we actually know, you know, how do people know to give it to us, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot of times with uh, win-loss reports from sales, right, the, to get very tactical. Um, you know, product managers assume that sales doesn't have this information and therefore they just don't ask for it or they don't push for it. They assume the data quality is low, so they just kind of give up. And, you know, that's a critical piece of, of the puzzle to know why people are or aren't buying your product. So far, we've been kind of a little academic though, right? Um, but you guys have some use cases, some some examples of companies that are adopting what we're talking about. Um, do you want to go ahead and share those with the, with the audience here? Yeah, I was just going to come in on one about win-loss analysis um, just on there, and it is evidence as well. Uh, one of the... Um, one of the chip companies I worked with, and I actually heard this from a number of people that said, you know, win-loss analysis, great input, but don't get the salespeople to do it because it's like asking your uh, your children to mark their own homework. <laughs> Again, it's an area where we can get involved. But I mean, just taking cases in point of you know people where we've looked at, you know, how are they measuring the impact? One of the organizations I talked to was, was Akamai. Their original approach or their early approach to sharing competitive and market intelligence really lacked governments and rigor. Um, it was content research published via their internet. They didn't really track who was doing it, not necessarily updated. It was kind of uncontrolled. So they had a, a sort of limited knowledge as to what content was being consumed, who it was being consumed by, whether it was considered useful, et cetera. In their case, like many organizations, they moved to a purpose-built competitive and market intelligence tool. And that helped them to not only gather and analyze the data, but it also helped them to um, just control where that content was going, manage that content, track who was viewing it so they could get metrics on things like, you know, views of battle cards or views of assets. And while those metrics are fairly basic, that ability to be able to track views and see trends in usage helped them demonstrate to the business that they were seeing, that the, dem, the business was seeing value from the CNMI team. So they could see the, you know, these organizations or these groups were looking at. And from where they've, they're at with that in the past um, year, the integration um, of these tools has shown that um, the team's battle cards have influenced over seven figures of monthly recurring revenue. 
uh, and support, and that's supported by anecdotal evidence as well from you know the consumers of their content. They're reaching out to the salespeople, etc., and saying, "You know, how are you using this?" You know, moving forward, um, they're implementing a more comprehensive revenue management platform, and that's going to provide similar metrics for all content, so not just the CNMI stuff. We'll also allow them to track um, who within the business is accessing that content. You know, looking at greater values deeper integration um, with their CMI tool to track the influence of that content and revenue and so and, and looking at associated win rates. You know, one of the things that a lot of people have said to us is it's difficult to get sales necessarily involved or other teams involved in providing information. But when you can actually demonstrate that when you do this, when you involve the CNMI team, you get a better product, you get better customer satisfaction feedback, you get higher sales rates, then people start buying into it. So it becomes a bit of a virtuous circle. Uh, and in, in Akamai's case, you know, some of their plans is to compare sales team members' performance leaderboards with those that use the battle cards and don't. You know, and this is going to give them two key benefits. First, it to, to demonstrate the consumer of the content is more successful than those that don't use it, but also identify which battle cards are the most successful. So again, they can look at, you know, is there any trends in there? So those tools are, are really helping them to, you know, continue to validate that what they're doing is important, that it's being, it's valued, it's being used, and it's driving success. Raheem, you had a similar case uh, study with Pendo, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I really enjoyed speaking to the team um, about, similar to what you were talking about, Chris, adding rigor to their CI measurement strategy with technology. Um, so those are, that are not familiar with Pendo, they're a product analytics solution provider. Um, and what they've really adopted is uh, what they call a show me the data culture and philosophy in their business. I really love that because uh, it not only applies to their solution because they're in the product analytics space and thinking about data and insights, but they also apply that philosophy to key go-to-market initiatives like competitive intelligence as well. So when I spoke to their product marketing team, they told me that in order to gain credibility with executives and key stakeholders in sales, marketing, and product, they needed to go beyond uh, fuzzy anecdotal data uh, to measure the impact of their CI activities. They, they knew that they needed to quantify their direct contribution to the business. Now, unfortunately, the content management system that they had in place wasn't able to provide the level of content consumption tracking that they needed to measure their team's influence on uh, on the metrics that their leaders actually pay attention to. So things like win rate and, and deal velocity. So very similar to Akamai, um, they decided to bring in a new revenue enablement platform to provide a more holistic approach to leveraging and, and then tracking content uh, across the various stages of the sales cycle. Um, the platform gave them the technology that they actually needed to support that data-driven approach to measuring the effectiveness of you know, what I call CI-enabled content that they're using uh, and, and leveraging uh, with buyers and customers in the sales cycle. So essentially what they were able to do was track if and how those pieces of content impacted the sales cycle. For example, if it helped to move deals along. And if they did, they can then create a level of attribution between the content they developed and the key metrics that they were tracking, like revenue growth, win rate, and deal velocity. So a really cool case study and also proof that you can measure the impact of CI and related content against key metrics that your leaders care about. It just 
it really just takes the right technology, the right data, and a bit of maybe creativity to connect all of the dots together. Yeah, those two use cases are there's a lot in there, right? And and I think, you know, if I'm if I'm thinking about the key takeaways for someone listening to this are, you know, first of all, you know, Akamai took a baby step, right? Rather than trying to go from zero to a hundred, they went from zero to ten or zero to twenty. And they got a lot of value out of that. I think one of the things that keeps people from moving to uh, more structured approaches, not just to competitive intelligence, but to other parts of the product management, product marketing world, is that you know feeling that we have to go from zero to a hundred. We have to be you know fully adapted and adopted before we start to deliver value, and that's simply not true. Um, you know, another piece that I, I pulled out of these is is the technology is really critical. You know, don't try to roll these things yourselves. Don't try to build a system from scratch using your own technology stack, your own developers, your own team, because that's not what you do. That's not your distinctive competency, right? Um, instead, leverage the tools that are out there that are that have been built to support these practices that already have built-in reporting, built-in collection, built-in connections to you know the revenue man- enablement platform, like you mentioned. Uh, there, Raheem. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff here that that is, you know, a kind of a combination of almost remedial, but also very advanced at the same time. I want to thank you guys for your time. These interviews always take uh, longer than we have time for, and I'm sure we can talk about all of these things for hours. If you're a Gartner client, reach out to Raheem or Chris or any of our other folks who talk about competitive intelligence. Thank you, uh, Chris and Raheem, for joining us and talking about competitive intelligence today. Uh, Hope everyone finds it valuable and we really appreciate your insights. If you enjoyed this month's episode, we encourage you to like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with others. If you're a current Gartner client, you can also find this and more podcasts on Gartner.com. And if you're not, we'd love you to join us, but you can also find our podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. We hope you'll come back for our next episode where our marketing host, Todd Berkowitz, will be tackling a new compelling topic for product marketers. Please subscribe and share the episode with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Gartner Podcasts are a production of Gartner, the world's leading research and advisory company, equipping executives across the enterprise with indispensable insight, advice, and tools to achieve their mission-critical priorities. You can learn more at Gartner.com. All content in Gartner Podcasts is owned by Gartner and cannot be repurposed or reproduced without Gartner's consent. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of business and technology. This content should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of any enterprise's product or services. All content provided by other speakers is expressly the views of those speakers and their organizations. 